0: Welcome to the show Beauty is More Than Skin Deep with your host, Dana Renee. In many cultures, the phrase beauty is only skin deep relates to a person's intellectual, emotional, and spiritual qualities. However, what most people are exposed to first is the physical beauty of a person, place, or thing. Today's topic is black coffee. When you hear those words, what do you think? For today, we're taking a peek inside of a book by the same title by author Bree Gordon. Brie Gordon is a courageous and compassionate woman who delights in her roles as mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Left mentally, physically, and emotionally empty after a dysfunctional yet short-lived marriage, she learned to rebuild a life founded on peace, healing, and purpose by first rebuilding a relationship with herself. She is now committed to helping people create healthier lives by creating healthier relationships. Welcome, Brie.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Thank you so much for being my guest today. So we're going to dive right in. Coffee can be consumed in many ways. We can have it black. We can add cream, add sugar, honey, and so on. The list goes on. So are you a coffee drinker?
1: I am. I definitely am a coffee drinker. Um, I have a cup of coffee maybe two to three times a week. Mmm,
0: okay, okay. And how do you prefer your coffee?
1: I like lots of cream,
0: no sugar.
1: (laughs) Cream, no sugar.
0: Okay, (laughs) okay. That's awesome. And I would say for myself personally, I drink coffee. depends on the season. Like when the colder months are in, I drink coffee just about every day, so seven days a week. (laughs) And it also depends on what I'm feeling. So sometimes I do it straight black. Sometimes I do cream no sugar, and some days I do cream some sugar. So it just kind of depends. But that's awesome. So you do two to three days a week, and you just add a add a little cream, huh?
1: No, actually, add a lot of cream. <laughs> add a lot of cream. Add, so yours yeah. is like the,
0: where the people say, "Wait, you do You're not drinking coffee. You're drinking. You're, <laughs> you're drinking cream with some <laughs> with some coffee. <laughs> Basically, not coffee with some cream, huh? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's dive into the title of your book. So why did you decide to name your book, uh, title of your book, Black Coffee? Um, I named my book
1: Black Coffee for two reasons. Um, The first reason was the significance that coffee actually has in my life. So Mm -hmm. growing up with uh, my great-grandfather, I used to sit on his lap, And he, you know, would give me coffee, even at the Mm -hmm. age of four. And we would have, like, yeah, we would have, like, these little conversations, these moments, Um, Mm -hmm. so I can remember sharing a cup with him. And, you know, I dive deep into that in uh, my book. Mm -hmm. So that was reason number one. Reason number two is when I wrote my book, I really wanted the women who were reading my book to have the experience of drinking a cup of coffee when they read about my stories in the book, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. when you're when you're drinking or consuming a cup of coffee or when you consume coffee, whether or not you smell it or drink it, you are awakened. So mm-hmm. I wanted women to be awakened to the differences between a loving and a dysfunctional relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So that okay. was you know, that that is what I wanted them to experience. And when, you know, when reading my book and consuming the stories and the moments that I share, oftentimes, like a cup of coffee, you're either drinking it alone in a mode of reflection mm-hmm. and deep thought, mm-hmm. or yeah. you are sharing a cup with a group of people where you can have, mm-hmm. like, an intimate conversation. So mm-hmm. those were kind of some of the, um, the ideas that, you know, I thought about
0: when creating the title Black Coffee. That's beautiful. I love it. And as you were talking, it makes just it just makes me think of coffee conversations. Like you mm-hmm. know, you know, I talked about previously me having my cup of coffee, you know, seven days a week depending on the season. And um and it's just that it's like you know it's my wake up, but it's not like that wake up jolt. I need the the caffeine. It's just more of this quiet time, this you exactly. know introspection, this moment of pause, and just. Um, as you mentioned, awakening, and I and I love that you use that word, you know, because most people are like stay woke, stay woke, you know. <laughs> but it is something that just kind of it, it wakes you up. It it does, and so I love um, that you even. I think it's a beautiful thing that you were introduced. It sounds like you were introduced to coffee by your great grandfather. Yes. It that was. is awesome. That is awesome. And to, I mean, before that's a pretty young age to start drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I think it's a beautiful thing that he was able to encapsulate just uh, a moment, a, a special moment, with you know conversations over coffee, and, and it was like you mentioned, it was an experience. That's a that's a beautiful thing to just um, to have that experience with him over, over coffee so that's that's great I love I love how you were able to come up with that title based on an experience all all around all around coffee that's that's great thank you for sharing that
1: thank you
0: yes yes so in your book you also discussed the three women who influenced your perception of love um who would you say those three women were well, so not to give too much not to give of too much story. detail. That's right. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> not to give too much detail. So there were three women, um, in the book. The first woman that I introduced, her name is um Linda, right? And her daughter's mm-hmm. name is Gia. So mm-hmm. Linda was a newly divorced woman who um who were raising two kids and um I, you know, talked a lot about her story just to give the audience or give women an idea of what um, dysfunctional relationships or what my perception of relationships look like from a woman who was newly divorced because Mm. as women we go through so many ages and stages of, you know, love, um, of being in relationships that are toxic. So I did not Mm -hmm. want to offer one age or one stage. So Linda, I would say, was – um, late thirties, mid forties age range. And so mm-hmm. the second woman, um, is a college student and her name is Rena. Um, she was in college, she had a boyfriend, um, and you know, she experienced love or, you know, dysfunction. I would let you know, let the reader decide mm-hmm. how they perceive her story. And then in the third um the third woman's life, her name is Trina. She was a newly married woman. Um, she was newly married and you know she experienced love um or again love or dysfunction because it just mm-hmm. depends on the reader how they perceive it um but mm-hmm. i like I like to offer three different vantage points for the reader to have insight on what patterns um look like in a dysfunctional or a healthy relationship.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. I love how you broke that out and how you've got like as you mentioned. Um, different ages and stages, because you know life is a life is a journey, and in each age or stage of life, we can find ourselves in in different situations, be it healthy or unhealthy. And I love um, how you are able to bring out these different characters to invoke a feeling and, and to invoke even um, a perception for the individual that's reading the book to kind of see, hmm, even if this isn't themselves maybe can, they can better understand someone else and maybe what they're going through in their journey of life. Definitely.
1: That that was the goal, right?
0: Um, right. I think
1: a, a lot of times people um, are, you know, think that, hey, I'm, you know, 25 years into my marriage or 25 years mm-hmm. into this relationship, this must mm-hmm. be love. Yep. And I wanted yep. to um, – cause them to, you know, I wanted to disrupt that thought process. Like, mm. you know, is this really love or is this mm-hmm. something that I've been settling for? Or is mm. you know, are there some aspects of dysfunction that could be worked through because mm. just because it's a dysfunctional relationship does not necessarily mean, you know, you have to break up or get a divorce. Um mm-hmm. in some instances, you know, People consider it. In my instance, I, you know, considered or I did go through with a divorce because it was no not only dysfunctional, but it was emotionally and verbally
0: abusive. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so um,
1: I, I definitely had come, uh, or my intention of writing the book was to disrupt people's um, perception of what it really means to be in a loving relationship because oftentimes mm-hmm. dysfunction is normalized. Um, mm. Based on the media, based on movies, mm-hmm. based on books, mm-hmm. um, based on what we may see growing up.
0: <laughs> right. So, right.
1: Um, I just wanted, you know, like I said, women to really have a healthy, have a healthy understanding of what it meant to be
0: in something healthy versus unhealthy. Mm. That's good. That's good. Boy, you, you, did you say a mouthful in that. <laughs> in that <piece. laughs> I mean, I really, I, I totally, I, I, I'd have to agree with you to how dysfunction is, is normalized. And um, I appreciate you just taking a different perspective and disrupting the process, as you mentioned. Um, a lot of things that uh, may be dysfunctional, um, people can kind of, you know, limp through or, or think, oh, this is okay, or think, you know, not even realize, not even being aware, going back to your awakening statement previously, um, but just realizing what's, what's healthy and, and what's not healthy. Um, is is a big thing. So, um, for someone who who may be in that toxic relationship or maybe in a situation that's that's unhealthy, do you think it's important for one to have a healthy perception of love? And if so, what, how how does that begin?
1: Um. So I do. I do think it's important to have a healthy perception of love because oftentimes, you know. We find ourselves giving and giving and giving
0: to mm-hmm.
1: one-sided, unhealthy relationships um, to end up exhausted, to end up stressed, to end up depressed, to end up anxious, mm-hmm. to end up, you know, physically, um, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, financially broken and not know why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes you run yourself crazy in circles trying to figure out, like, why Why are these things happening? And Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's because of the relationships that you're involved in. Um, And, you know, with this book I was able to have a broader perception of what it meant to be in unhealthy relationships because that could be friendships, that could be romantic relationships, it could be Mm -hmm. relationships with your family. So it's really just about um, creating healthier relationships to create a healthier life for yourself. Because in my perspective, relationships definitely make the world go round. So definitely. to answer your other question, it begins with having a healthier relationship with yourself. So once mm. you are able to cultivate that healthy relationship with yourself, and prioritize it, prioritize the relationship with yourself, and prioritize um, your mental health um, and your you know your your mental state, then it makes it easier um well you know what let me not say easier it makes it um (laughs) healthier for you to kind of you know continue on that journey
0: that's good very well said thank you so much so it really uh begins with self is what i would say and uh, we'll discuss a little bit more about that we're going to go into our first break thank you so much for sharing Welcome back to the show, Beauty is More Than Skin Deep, with your host, Dana Renee. Our topic today is black coffee. When you hear those words, what do you think? For today, we're taking a peek inside the book by the same title by the author, Bree Gordon. Bree is a courageous and compassionate woman who delights in her roles as mother, daughter, sister, and friend, left mentally, physically, and emotionally empty after a dysfunctional yet short-lived marriage, she learned to rebuild a life founded on peace, healing, and purpose by first rebuilding a relationship with herself. She is now committed to helping people create healthier lives by creating healthier relationships. So welcome back, Brie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So just before our break, we were talking about just the healthy perception of love and where that begins. And and you, pretty much the bottom line is it it begins with self, and it begins with um, having a healthy relationship with yourself. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna dig a little bit deeper if you don't mind. We're gonna get a little bit personal uh, with you and talking about you know that whole uh, beginning with self component and and um, we're gonna talk a little bit. You talked about previously uh, being in one of those phases of of having a, a short lived marriage and um, what would you say was was the breakdown of your marriage and how did you come to recognize it was um, a dysfunctional place for you? Well, Dana, if I'm
1: honest, it took years to even realize um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, I was in an unhealthy marriage. Um, I would say that the breaking point for me was when I was, um, you know, with my eight-week-old son and my four-year-old daughter and me being on the verge of a a mental breakdown, right? Mm -hmm. So... That had me um, in my first therapy session. I, I, I had experienced um, a dark place. I was in a very dark mm-hmm. space um, mm-hmm. because, again, I was, you know, eight weeks, eight weeks postpartum, had mm-hmm. children, um, just so much on my plate, I felt like, at the time. And that led me to going to that first therapy session with my kids with me because I was so ashamed to let anyone know, you know, the space I was in, I was mm-hmm. so afraid, um, feeling embarrassed, um, especially since I had just had a baby,
0: mm-hmm. and there I found mm-hmm.
1: myself again putting the headphones in my four-year-old daughter's ear. I could, I could still remember it like yesterday, and this is kind of what the first chapter of the book entitles, right? Mm-hmm. So going mm-hmm. there, being in that dark space, having my my son um, on my breast. Um, and then having my daughter to my left with the headphones, and I always tell people I smelled like desperation and breast milk because he was fresh mm. out of my womb. Um, mm. I was desperate for answers, you no, know, you know, about my failing marriage, but most importantly, mm-hmm. I was desperate for answers about myself. And so, mm. walking into that therapy office was the best decision I had ever made because it was there where I learned that I was caught up in a mm. cycle. Of dysfunction, mm. um, I was caught up in this makeup to break up and going back and forth and up and down and left and right and manipulation and betrayal and all of these things, and oftentimes you know when women I'll say women, because that's my you know audience predominantly mm-hmm. um, when mm-hmm. they are caught up in this makeup to break up, they don't know that you know sometimes you're in a cycle of abuse, right? right. Because that has right. cycles you're in a honeymoon phase at one point, you know, you're walking on eggshells mm-hmm. and it's just a cycle over and over and over again. So that's where I discovered, Hey, like you are caught up in this cycle and the only mm-hmm. way that you can get out of it is if you get help, you get support. Mm-hmm.
0: And then that's where my journey begins. <laughs> wow. Wow. I commend you. Congratulations. I think it's a beautiful thing that you recognize some things and that you, um, you chose you. So going back to that component of the beginning with self, you know, you made a conscious decision. Okay, wait a minute, I, I'm about to lose it here, and yes. despite being ashamed, despite being afraid, despite all of those things, you decided to to walk into a therapy session. You know, and unfortunately, um, for uh, a lot of women, of course, women of color, and, and that for that matter. Um, that can be taboo, you know. It can be, oh, you know, you kind of have to be crazy to go to a therapist. Yes. No, no, therapy is good.
1: You it know, is it's, amazing. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> it's needed, and I think so many people don't realize the value in that. It's kind of like it's shunned, but really, it needs to be embraced. And um, yes, unfortunately, your marriage came to an end just due to some some dysfunction. But um, I'm thankful that you were able to. To, to choose you and, you know, like you said, you were in a, in a place of desperation and, you know, you, or you felt like desperation and breast milk, but I'm mm-hmm. sure that they smelled worse, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like thank you, thank you, thank you for choosing you. And, and then not only with that, um, you, you not only chose yourself, but you chose to, to be vulnerable and, and share that uh, with others and, and to bring others along your, your journey to help them. Become um, healthier as well. So, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, thank you. I think that's beautiful. So, as you became more aware, just areas where you were, um, I would say, broken and and in some ways dysfunctional mm-hmm. or operating in in this dysfunction. How did you begin? How did you begin to heal and and become whole?
1: Um, so, I would say, um, of course, therapy was mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a very pivotal piece in my healing journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, again, I think, like you said, it's taboo in our community, um, mm-hmm. you know, taboo in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really had to get past that fear um, of right. going. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so therapy was my first step. And mm-hmm. with going to therapy, I would say that that was when I got to the point of realization, right? So realization mm-hmm. is like, okay. I am operating from a point of dysfunction. You know, I, mm-hmm. I came to realize that I was in a dysfunctional and emotionally abusive relationship. So that was step one mm-hmm. of the healing journey. And I say journey because I'm still on a journey, right? It's, it's right, nonstop. Right. This is mm-hmm. still a journey. And then I would say, so for step two is the recovery process. So recovery, of course, is that seeking support. Um, I did mm-hmm. therapy and I did a um, – a um like a healing recovery weekend. I got coaching. Um I feel mm-hmm. like that's an important piece that oftentimes, you know, people do not realize that you are in need of support during right. that time. Support than, you know, more support than what maybe your family and friends could give you. Mm-hmm. You need a community. Um mm-hmm. you need someone who can give you an objective point of view.
0: And right. so after
1: that recovery, I got to the reassurance stage and, you know, began to refill my life because after Mm. coming out of that dysfunction, I had to, you know, relearn some things. I had to
0: um,
1: refill my life physically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. psychologically, and
0: spiritually.
1: Mm -hmm. And also that refilling looked like, you know, me writing on my mirror in red lipstick because that's my favorite color, you know, affirming myself, (laughs) (laughs) affirming (laughs) myself, you know, um, telling myself, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're beautiful. Yes. And, you know, all of these things, mm-hmm. again, because when you're in a space where you're broken down,
0: mm-hmm. your confidence
1: has really, you know, decreased. Um, right. So after that, you know, reassurance and refilling my life, then I moved to the phase of recreating my story, recreating my narrative for myself and my mm-hmm. children. Because oftentimes people think, you know, I'm a single mom and, you know, mm-hmm. at least women. Right. Um, they they create this narrative for themselves, you know, I'm divorced and, you know, I no longer matter, and um, mm-hmm. they have these perceptions, but you have to recreate the narrative for yourself and your children. So I had decided that who I was and what I had been through is not who I am today. And so that was kind of, you know, what the journey looked like on a, a, um, a I guess, a short scale. <laughs> That's okay. what it looked like, okay. me doing those okay. things.
0: Okay, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It just I mean, it just think it starts with just or it started with just that one step and again that one step goes to to choosing self and and yes. saying, "Okay, I need help. I'm going to go to therapy." And from therapy going into uh, you know, going through that process and then came the recovery and just uh getting that support and in the community, you know. And, and one of the things I think is uh, beautiful is that we all need to realize is, is we need each other. As much as yes. you know, I might not like this person over there and I might not like that person <laughs> over there. But we still we still need each other. You know, Absolutely. despite it all. You know, there's something that we can there's a value that can all be added if we just learn to to work together. And so, um I, I love the the reassurance and just the like you said, just recreating recreating your life and, and having those affirmations and, and the red lipstick. I love it. I think that's it's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> It's beautiful, and and as you're doing those things, I'm sure, you know, maybe not the eight-week-old, but the, but the four-year-old. She's especially. I think you mentioned she's a daughter. You have a girl. Yes, and a girl a and a boy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the girl was watching, like, hmm, you know, what is mommy doing here? So I, I just think that's yeah. I think that's definitely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So why did you decide once you once you went through that journey and as you mentioned it's still an ever evolving you're still going through that process because it, it continues. Um, however, why did you decide to commit to helping others create uh, healthy lives by creating healthy work, healthy relationships as well?
1: Because I I truly believe that relationships make the world go round, right? Mm-hmm. So so starting. Starting with the relationship with yourself, and then mm-hmm. of course, um, the relationship you have with others, you know friends, family, the relationship um, you have you know in your in your in your space with your career mm-hmm. because your relationships impact your purpose, they impact your peace, they mm-hmm. just impact everything, and I think that if we can commit to cultivating healthier relationships, mm-hmm. then I feel like more of us would, you know, um, walk in our purpose, again, be in alignment, mm, and, that's um, of course, be able to create a healthier life, because that mean yeah. I feel like that's what most people desire, a healthier life. Mm-hmm. They want to be at peace. Mm-hmm. They want to experience peace. Mm-hmm. They want to experience their purpose, and I think that that's the way to go about doing it. I think that a lot of times, a lot of our fear and frustration and anxiety and depression comes from relationships that we, mm-hmm. you know, had growing up, mm-hmm. um, the relationship that, you know, maybe we didn't get enough from our parents or our spouse. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. we can, you know, move backwards and figure out those, those boys there, then that will yep. help, um, ensure, that would help our adult life. That would help mm-hmm. us to create better relationships as adults. And to create a legacy for our children, right? Like you said, our children are watching us.
0: They are. And it's very
1: important that they have, you know, a healthy or the healthiest example possible.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Totally agree. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. For those who are like, mm, I am intrigued. How can I get my hands on a copy of this book, Black Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us our listeners a little bit more. How can they get a hand, a uh, get a copy of the book, Black Coffee? There are two places. So
1: I am on Amazon. Um, if you just look up Black Coffee, um, you could find me there. And for those who want to grab a autograph, an autographed copy of the book. You could definitely go to my page. Um, I'm sorry, my website breejgordon.com. That's b r e e j, Gordon. Gordon is g o r d o n dot com, and um, grab a copy a copy of Black Coffee
0: there. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has definitely been a beautiful story. I greatly appreciate you sharing, just your journey with us, and um, congratulations on the beautiful things that are to come. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Um. Yeah.
1: So I definitely would like to share for anyone who is um, listening to let them know that if you are in a space to where you do not know, you know, if you're in a healthy space or unhealthy space, the first step is for you to talk about it, right? That's the first mm-hmm. step, for you to speak mm-hmm. up and have a conversation because I feel like all change begins with just one conversation um, that could change your life. And from that one conversation, you will be surprised about where
0: life leads you. That's great. That is a beautiful thing. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, Brie, thank you so much for being our guest. Listeners, if you'd like to grab a copy of of her book, Black Coffee, feel free to visit Amazon and search for that Black Coffee by Brie Gordon. If you'd like that autographed copy, which I think is even more special and beautiful, check out our website at breejgordon.com. That's B-R-E-E-J-Gordon.com. And um, to follow me, you can follow my Facebook page at Beauty Is More Than Skin Deep. Remember, beauty is more than skin deep. It's truly in the eye of the beholder. Thank you.